Okay, and here we go, calling Ben. It's gonna be great. Hey, and the phone, the microphone is good. This is nice. I like it. I like this microphone. There's no air conditioning in the background, making it sound crazy. Boggity. Hey, Ben Lawrence, how's it going, sir? Oh, it's pretty good. How are you? Good, good. So. Both Betty and Jennifer are at band camp. Uh, Jennifer is working in the cooling tent. Because uh, ah. band camp makes people hot and crazy. <laughs> and the weather doesn't help either. Yes. Now, one of the things that you need to know about Betty and Jennifer is that sometimes they don't take their keys to the house for whatever reason. That, what? Uh, yeah. Or, or they have their keys in the house and just cannot be bothered to get them out of, like, a purse or a pocket or whatever. Um, maybe they're holding something. So, uh, oftentimes, uh, and, and I'm one of those people, I don't know if you're like this or not, where I lock the doors automatically. Like, I don't think about it. I just, you know, I shut the door and lock it. As right. like well, one you, thing. You you've lived in the big city before. Yes. And so well so so have they. So have they. So, you know. Um but but basically, so I left the door unlocked because I didn't want to have to come up ah, yes. to answer it. Uh and so this entire podcast, when you listen to it, know that I am nervously imagining uh <laughs> people stealing stuff. Or lying in wait to stab me. Not that I'm not always thinking that anyway, but at least for right now, it's it's linked to yeah, the door being the, open. The unlocked door. And then the other thing is that I've trained them enough to know that there's a chance that they will bang on the door anyway, even though it's unlocked. <laughs> simply because I normally lock it without thinking. There's a lot of stuff I do without thinking. And for people who love me and live with me, that can be annoying. Uh, sometimes, uh, when I don't consider their thoughts, feelings, or wishes when I do stuff, because I like I'm locking not really... the front door. Yeah, exactly. I'm not considering them. I'm not. All... I'm also not thinking about locking the door. It just is a thing that happens, and that the idea that an action I take can be a thing that happens outside of my control is. Um, I think considered bull, uh, which, which I can understand, uh, because that should not be the way things work. Oh, and the air conditioning's on. And there hey, we go. Hey, what do you know? I, I mentioned well, that, that it was off and it yeah. sounded nice. Ah, well, uh, good on you for having air conditioning. Uh, our, our air is naturally conditioned here today. It actually rained this morning for the first time in a while. And many people I know uh, who consider themselves uh, pluvophiles were very happy. Oh, yes. A good, a good town to live in if you are one of those people. Yeah. Because it, it does rain. Again, here I've mentioned before, uh, it rains in Illinois a little bit differently than it rains in Seattle. It's like someone turns on a tap and then just all the water comes down all at once. <laughs> oftentimes. It can yeah. get misty sometimes, but uh, oftentimes, no. Just turn on the tap. Um, let's see. Other news. I got paid today. And so uh, Jennifer and Betty are going to want to go shopping for things. 
immediately after the podcast is over. So I will feel some pressure for the podcast to end on time. Not that we never, not that we never, hmm, I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like how that sentence is going to go. We, well, we, we sometimes go over. stick to the time, though. We try our We best. do. We sometimes go over. But uh, today I do have an, a meeting at 5. And so if uh, we did start early with the express purpose of ending before yes. 5. In fact, ending about uh, 4.30 or 5 my time, I guess. And Hey, um, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, of course, 5 my time is when we normally start um, to, to not be confused uh with the people is it though is it not six o'clock your time when we normally oh, start six wait a second yeah it is <laughs> wait hold on so wait is it yeah <laughs> yeah so why are we doing it this time because you have a meeting be i have because i have a meeting oh, I oh okay so we're, we're only a half an hour early okay 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 i thought see ben i'm sorry about this I'm not stupid necessarily, but there are sometimes <laughs> I thought that we were starting later because you had a meeting and it didn't get over until uh. 530. But that doesn't make any sense because that would be 330 your time, not. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, my brain is crazy. <laughs> but but tough, we're tough all day, that huh? I know is that we're doing it at a time that is convenient for you. And it is also. <laughs> pretty much convenient for me so yeah. we're doing we're doing good yeah in fact jennifer should be happy because we're going to be ending early yes Not, indeed. yeah so there you go i wonder you know i think i might have told her that we're starting a half hour late which is actually untrue so <laughs> in that way um so maybe she'll be happy It'll be a pleasant surprise. And I guess that yeah. I take it we do not have and will not get corrections. Today. We will not get corrections. No, she's uh, working uh, in the tent. Oh, uh, speaking about which, the cooling tent. Uh, is it Bandcamp? As you know, there is Bandcamp. Um, the, there is a guy who uh, showed up to the cooling tent, sounds mask, did not wear a mask, and... He said to Jennifer, uh, he's a doctor, so he knows what he, he's talking about. And Jennifer said, oh, so you're a physician. And he uh, told her that he was a veterinarian. Huh. And so she said, oh, so you know about COVID-19 and cats. Um, and here's the thing that he didn't get, I don't think. Uh, because that of he course, was being challenged by a woman? <laughs> well, I think he understood that. <laughs> but I didn't. I don't think he knew which woman he was being challenged with because Jennifer, having worked for doctors and with doctors and among doctors, uh, does not go, "Oh, you're a doctor." Well, then you know what you're talking about because right. she has dealt with uh, doctors being stupid. This is uh, very comforting. In the past, uh, the same thing. Uh, our our good friend uh, Sonia uh, used to work with scientists. And yeah. dealt with the fact that scientists sometimes don't know what they're talking about or incapable of working a coffee machine, I believe. Uh, are you familiar with that story? I don't, but my um, my uh, uh, my favorite story of Sonia working with a scientist uh, concerns an email address. But I'll tell oh. that later. Go ahead. Go ahead and okay, tell okay. the uh 
Oh, no, no. The, the, the coffee story is very simple. It was a type of coffee uh, thing that made the coffee inside of the coffee pot. Um, like, like it was all a machine, all uh, a machine that has a little gauge that shows you that it's full. Yeah. And so many times they wouldn't look at that gauge that told you that it was full and would just make another pot of coffee, which would then, of course, overflow. <laughs> right. And the, the interesting part, at least for me, was the fact that if there's anyone who should be used to looking at gauges and measurements to determine <laughs> uh, what is happening to a whole, it would be a scientist. Right. So the email address. Um, so they had a standard way of assigning email addresses. It was your last name and your first initial of your first name. Yes. And so uh, they didn't deviate from that at all. And so uh, a dude named Dennis Go started working there. And you oh. can guess what his email address was. Was it Go dog? D. It was God at oh. whatever, whatever. I, I, I totally biffed that. I, I was yeah. thinking Dennis Go. So oh, it's, it's your last name and then your first initial? Your full last name and then the That's your bizarre. first initial. Everywhere I've worked, it's been your first initial and then your full last name, which would then make well, it to go. These these scientists just wanted to be different. Yeah, listen to those guys; they're crazy. Actually, I guess a uh, maybe in Japanese that would be a thing. I'm learning uh, Korean somewhat, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. Yeah. A new hobby every week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the left-handed thing—I don't know—it's taking a back seat right now uh and the reason is because i'm better <laughs> at stuff with my right hand now uh, after 47 years of using it so uh and you just got tired of having to deal or trying more, to force yourself to be left-handed in a right-handed world it's more time consuming and then yeah also there's there's stuff that just makes more sense like writing uh as an example our there's writing a, uh, system is designed to be uh <laughs> written with the right hand basically yeah i mean it's easier I, erasable pens was a thing when i was growing oh, yeah. up yeah sure. it was like the cool new thing and i don't know how many times i would get home at the end of the day and the palm uh like the edge of my hand my left hand was just blue with yes ink. yeah because you're smearing um, it along as you're writing you're smearing it you yeah and i'm sure my teachers appreciated the way that i smeared the ink with my hand oh man um, but there i i i I went and visited my sister a couple months ago, and um, and uh, she had some things that I that w I had sent to her house that she was giving me. And in this box was a wooden spoon. And I'm like, "Are you giving me a wooden spoon?" And she's like, "Yeah, it's a left-handed wooden spoon." <laughs> and indeed, it was. It was just contoured as such to oh. be like to 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 help you like scoop bowls out with your left hand. And I had never seen a left-handed wooden spoon before and i'm like ah so now you know the struggle ah uh, well you know sometimes I, I will say this shoes at one point in time were identical you could wear them on either foot and then a king at some point in time uh had special shoes made molded specifically to his feet and now we have left shoes and right shoes and you put the wrong shoe on uh, wow. All of my spoons, uh, pretty much, I think, are contoured uh, symmetrically. So there's no, there's no real deviation. 
in the spoons I've no. got. But ben, many... you could use my spoon and you'll be fine. <laughs> but uh, many times if I'm like, it happens a lot with like m measuring cups and things like that. Like those Pyrex measuring glasses oh, yeah. or there's a, um, there's a, a hot water, an electric hot water heater we have here at the theater that um, if I'm Wait, holding with ben, my left hand. Does it, can, I, can I do one real uh, jerk thing and then well, tell you the. Oh, oh! It's a hot water heater, so it heats the hot water. Yeah, yes, it heats yes, the hot water. Actually, it does. So my point is, it heats the cold water. The cold water becomes hot, and then it heats that as well. You jerk! All right, never mind. I'm I'm done. Just no, no, go, Ben. Go, go. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, uh, the the point is the moment so, is ruined. So you have a uh, let's let's draw it out though as long as possible. No. So you have this Pyrex let's make the container. Whole show. Let's make the whole show about this. You have this Pyrex container <laughs> and a hot yeah, water pretty, heater. No, it's pretty and, great. They're awesome. I really enjoy using them. Oh, okay. No, very, Good. very handy, handy things to have around the house. Hey, I, I, I'll tell you what. Um, for a while, a Pyrex measuring cup was the only th utensil I had. I would eat soup out of it. I would, I would drink out of it. I just wash it after each use, uh, and it was great. Oh, I, I hope it was big enough. Yeah, seats. yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, a, well, it was a two cup one, but that's yeah. all that I really needed. The the one thing I, I will mention also, Ben, uh, it's in a form of a question. When was the last time you went to the doctor? Uh, it was last year. Okay, I have, I have. Uh, Jennifer asked me when the last time I went to the doctor was, and I had to look it up. Uh, although I said. And I was correct. Um, five years. Five years <laughs> since I last went to the doctor. So I have an appointment for September 2nd. Uh, so if all goes well, on September 3rd, the time when we record the podcast, I'll be able to tell you how my doctor's appointment went. <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm a little scared. That because there are so many things that could be wrong with me in those five years. And yeah. at this point, I feel fine, right? Yeah. And so if they tell me that I've got this problem, uh, I, I might uh, freak out and well, it's, think that they're yeah, it's, lying to me. It's one of those things where, you know, you, you can feel perfectly fine, but the doctor is going to find something wrong with you. Like when you take your car and <laughs> to the shop. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's, then it's, suddenly everything's wrong. It's weird. I went there and then uh, like two weeks later, uh, I have diabetes. Didn't have it when I went in there, but now all of a sudden. And now my car has a slipped disc. <laughs> exactly. They, they just uh, because that was one of the things that if you talk about this in a coworker environment, someone's going to chime in with about how they went to an auto body shop. <laughs> And the people at the shop uh, kept on messing with their car, doing little things to make, oh, then all of a sudden my brakes went out. And then my gas tank was leaking. Right. And I blamed them. And so I took a single gasket. And then I had, was a... <laughs> I don't know I if you remember. Yeah. But the, the place that I, that I go to, um, they replaced uh, one of uh, the... Like the the sprocket for my wheel bearings, 
on the tire of the Prius like three times. I think they made that up. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that they only paid. Here's why I don't think so. They only I only paid them once. Right. When they screwed it up and they did it again for free. And then they screwed that up and they did it yeah. again for free. Exactly. I used to so, work where yeah. people fixed cars and that you don't yes. be surprised how often that happens. How often uh, things break three times? How often it's not done properly the first time? Yeah, because no, I yeah. You're, you're paid the mechanics are not paid by the hour. They're paid by the job. And so the faster they can do the job, the more money they make. And really? so not a lot of care. Well, at least in the shop I worked in. I'm guessing this is a mm. um well, if you okay. go to so here's the thing. If you go to a shop, uh, an auto body shop, or not an auto body shop, but a car repair place, yeah. and you get a quote, they'll be like, this is how much for parts, and this is how much for labor. And they have, there's a book that says how long a job takes. Uh-huh. And, the, and, and the, the shop decides how much they want to charge for that. So let's say you want to replace, you know, an oil filter. Well, the book says it takes a half an hour to replace an oil filter. But if this guy can do it in five minutes, he's just made a half an hour's wages in five minutes. It's a win. Yeah. I got you. That makes sense. I mean, I don't like it, but it makes sense. No. Uh, I was thinking about that same sort of concept, uh, not in terms of like hour, you know, working per, you know, set hours, but uh, people intentionally uh, breaking your car so they can fix it. Yeah. There's a a bunch of graffiti removal uh, people out uh, in force today because um, this is this area was part of the Chaz slash Chop and there was a lot of graffiti and the buildings around here are starting to clean up. Yeah, and um, and I'm wondering like when it's slow for a graffiti removal company, do they do those employees just go out in the middle of the night and just tag a bunch of buildings, hoping that actually... the building owners would call them to come clean it up? I was actually looking at graffiti removal uh, as a potential back when I lived in Seattle still and I was looking for stuff. I eventually ended up doing electrical work for a while. Uh, But while I was trying to figure out what to do, that was one of the things I I thought about. And I realized that uh, I would feel horrible, you know, taking some graffiti off. And I realized that also, (coughs) excuse me, sorry. Uh, people would get mad at me for removing their graffiti. <laughs> right. And the only way I could get around it in my head was to pretend inside myself that I was also a graffiti artist, but my <laughs> graffiti artist name was blank. And by taking their graffiti off, I was actually tagging the thing that they tagged. Uh, th- that's quite the mental Olympics you're throwing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm an expert at it. Uh, yeah. If you Gold remember, metal. of course, uh, several different jobs that I've had. Uh, in fact, probably now also. Uh, who can say? Where I've had to, like, come up with a way that I'm still okay with doing stuff when I can't talk to my friends or family about what it is I'm doing. And be like, yeah, that's it's boring. That that's my big go-to. Is it's boring. You don't even <laughs> want to know what it is. And here's the thing, Ben. I, now I know that I'm kind of playing into my own game here, but it really is boring. There really is nothing interesting about it. <laughs> but 
the fact that it's secret makes people want to know what it is. And uh, I'm here to tell you, no, you don't. No, you don't. It's not. It's not great. Now, now I don't have the the fancy secrets. I'm sure there are more secrets that are probably right. cooler. But, but, but yeah, you, you, know you how, wouldn't even you wouldn't even tell me what you did in person offline. Yeah, that's true. That's true, and that's what's Hanging supposed out in your to house, happen. Just like, hey, tell me about your job. Not real or not. Yeah, exactly. And it's for your safety as well as mine, Ben. <laughs> but it's boring. I can tell you that. Nothing exciting happens. Um, although I can say this. A lot of things, uh, I, I, I can speak really generally. Uh, and let me, let me hear from you if this is something you can relate to. Because I think that our jobs are relatable. Where someone says, hey... Uh, I want you to do something this way. And you're like, okay, I've already done all of it the way that you told me to do it the first time. And then they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. But it turns out that the person who I'm turning this into wanted it a different way, and I got it wrong, and I told you wrong. So now you have to do it all over again. That's, That's... something that you can relate to. I'm oh, guessing. yeah, totally. Except there's a, a, a the person who's giving the notes isn't as... Um... Uh, uh, apologetic as the person in your example. Uh-huh. The, uh, yeah. Usually it's like, no, I already did it the way you told me. Oh, and then the other person's like, oh, yeah, well, I want it to, be, I don't like the way it looks. I want it to be different now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how about this? No. I, what, well, what do you want it to look like? I don't know. Just show me something. Well, how about this? No. Something I will never forget. I was helping my dad remodel a house for my sister a long time ago. And yeah. we painted the bathroom. Painted the bathroom. Painted the whole bathroom. And she looked at it and she was like, I don't like it. And then we painted the bathroom <laughs> again. And I was like, Dad, what are you doing? Why are we Why are we painting it again? This is the paint that she picked out. And yeah. he was like, yeah, but once she saw it, she didn't like it. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It then she can repaint it. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you on that one. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> this kind of stuff happens uh, too often in in my life, but it's fine, Ben. And, and you know what? Here's You've the thing. You've accepted it. I've I've accepted it. I've realized that I might be a little bit of a jerk. But, and okay. this is uh, something my study is in uh, Judaism, uh, even though it didn't, uh, you called it, Ben, you called it, you're like, you're not going to be practicing Judaism for that <laughs> long. I was like, I don't know, Ben, this is going to be an entire lifestyle change uh, for me. And you're like, I, I don't think so. It's, and I, I was like, Ben obviously doesn't know me that well. <laughs> Wrong. It's been so long, I honestly forgot that you'd done that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but one of the one of the teachings I have that I like a lot is that there are two spirits inside of a person. There's a good spirit and a bad spirit. Yeah. And the thing is that you can't have all good spirit or all bad spirit. You have to find a balance between the two. Because if you're all good spirit or your good spirit is higher than your bad spirit, you're going to do stuff like repaint someone's bathroom a couple of times. Right. You got to have that bad spirit that goes, you know what? No, uh, don't yeah. think so. Uh, they talk about how the bad spirit inside of you 
uh, is the kind of thing that allows you to uh, get married, for example. Because if not, right, the I guess the idea is that there are many people who are wooing folks, and you have to be a little selfish, uh, or else you just get out of the way. Right. You know, and let that love find itself or whatever. Um, also, the idea, of course, uh, giving to charity. Yes, you should give to charity, but you should not give so much of yourself that you then need charity yourself. That is uh, not a good way to give back to the community. So it's all very kind of interesting. Um, the basic idea, I guess, uh, again, Sesame Street taught me a lot. Or it might have been the electric company. The goat who says it's not bad to get mad. Do you remember this? I do not remember that. Was that Sesame Street or electric company? I don't know. And I and I wish I could remember. Um, it sounds I, like I an electric say, company thing. Yeah. <laughs> Were but, you going to say but, Sesame Street? Well, but what I was going to say is electric company uh, dealt more with reading. And... Sesame Street dealt more with feelings. That's the only reason I think that it might be Sesame Street. Mm. Uh, but but the basic idea is that it's this goat. Uh, bad things are happening to the goat. And the goat gets mad. And the goat says, it's not bad to get mad. It's about standing up for yourself, basically. Uh, something gotcha. that I, I think both of us sometimes have a problem doing. Uh <laughs> I, that I might remember... also be a Mr. Rogers thing. Well, no, it was Mr. Rogers Anna... will well, but it's it's also conceivable that uh, you know, some Mr. Rogers dealt a lot with feelings. In fact, oh sure, almost he did. exclusively. Yes. And but he um, didn't have these cartoon shorts. That often. no, but he had puppets. So this was yeah, a but this wasn't a puppet. This is a this is definitely a cartoon short. All right, all right. Um, so here's a question for you. Yeah. I think we've talked about this before, but it's uh, it's an interesting thing to bring up again. Have you ever seen what was most definitely an egregious bad behavior thing that someone did to a loved one, like a spouse or a child, in public, and you're like, I probably... Uh, should say something, and then you talked yourself out of it because you thought that you would only make the problem worse. Yeah, it's, you know, you you can't go through life and not witness some sort of mild child abuse in public or animal, or animal abuse. But and it's one of those things where it's like, and by child abuse, I mean, like, a parent, like, yanking their kid by the hand, uh, yelling at them, maybe spanking them in the worst-case scenario. But I'm not the kind of person to go up and, and say anything because uh, it's none of my business. I mean, if I felt, felt the child's life was in danger, I'd probably call somebody. Like, I can think of two times. Uh, one was in Barnes & Noble where this little girl was crying and her caregiver, an adult man... Uh, went up to her like in her face and was like yeah cry your eyes out because it's not fair and I was taken aback Jeez. luckily someone from Barnes and Noble 
an, an actual employee said, you can't talk to her like that. And the guy said something like, it's tough all over. And then left with the kid. And we were both looking at each other, trying to convince ourselves that we weren't bad people. <laughs> but it still haunts me to this day. And then the other one, uh, Jennifer, uh, the only time I've ever been to Hawaii, Jennifer and Betty were in Hawaii and I was taking a red eye to, to get to see them. And the only excuse I have for this one is that I was falling in and out of consciousness on this red eye flight. So I don't know for sure if what I witnessed happened actually happened, but I'm pretty positive it did. Uh, this, I'm going to say mother, but it could be like a sister or an aunt or a grandmother or whatever. And yeah. this little girl were sitting there and... I swear that I heard the caregiver say to the child, when we get home, I'm going to cut all the heads off of your stuffed animals and they're going to die. Oh, God. Which, again, is one of these things where I'm like, do I say something? I'm not going to be around them. The only thing that's going to happen is I'll say something here and then she'll get to do whatever she wants to again. Indeed. And I realized that that is one of the reasons why vigilante fantasies are such a big thing. Because you're like, if I, if there wasn't any law, I could at least separate these two people. And, but then again, you know, you get into the thing of, okay, so now, now this child is now this child is on her own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> and so. Getting all the way back full circle to my sister in the in the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. Um, I I do not feel as though uh, my sister is appreciative of my parents, and I think that she uh, takes advantage of them sometimes. Uh, this is all just personal opinion. Uh, Are we so talking still, or is this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Still that. Still, this okay. is just a endemic to uh, a, a cycle of fever. Um, but I, I realized, you know, because I've I've talked to them before. I've been like, you should just, you know, she's she's older than me, right? And I'm like, you just need to let her figure her own stuff out and stop, you know, doing this when she's not appreciative of the stuff that you're doing and all that. You only uh, have a one sister, right? What's that? No, no, a... I have, I have a, I have a, okay, so we're talking, this is the adopt, you, when we talk about me, we've got to, you know, compartmentalize. We're talking about the adopted family, yeah. right? In the adopted family, I have a sister and a stepsister and a stepbrother. We're talking about the, the sister and the sister, not biologically related to me, also adopted. Right. Uh, I've, but I, I've met this sister. She was at your wedding. Yeah, she was. Okay. Yeah, she was. Um, and you know, it, there was a really nice thing that happened. Uh, there was a, a mini family reunion, and one of the people asked after my sisters, hey, "Oh, and how is she?" And we were all like, "We don't know for sure. Um, she hasn't been around," and didn't really uh, elaborate. But it was nice for someone to care about her. And I feel as though he would have done it even if he hadn't had to deal with her as we have. 
<laughs> lately. Anyway, so, okay. I don't now want that the, I, I don't want this to be yeah, I don't want this to be a, a huge thing, but there was right. just one one point that I wanted to make and that's yeah. that goes back to this. Um I'm not going to do anything. You know, I say to them, "Oh, you shouldn't give her this or you shouldn't tolerate right. this." But I'm not going to help her at all. So what rights do I have to tell a parent, even if they're much <laughs> older than me, all these people, to tell them not to take care of their child? You know, it, it doesn't seem fair. And so, uh, you know, I end up feeling like a jerk and a bad person. But, oh, Ben... I don't know if you should feel. This, I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to feel, but like, yeah, there's very little change you can affect by uh, pointing out someone's bad behavior in public. In fact, your the result may be the reverse. Exactly. Right. They they, you know, if especially like in some cases uh, with spouses or whatever, uh, they'll defend them, like and maybe physically yeah. defend them, like you know, yell at you and. Tell you not to do that kind of stuff. Do you yeah. have been in your life? Uh, now, obviously, I, I aired some family dirty laundry stuff. I, I'm not asking for that, but um, we've talked about how everybody who basically bullied me in grade school is dead now. <laughs> Through no action of my own, it's just that they were the type of people that lived uh without care for their fellow human beings in such a way that they got involved in i guess we could say industries or uh career paths with a short life expect expectancy that sort of thing um toreadors yeah bar fights that kind of th you know right th like they like they didn't move that much past the bullying that right. they did do you have anyone in your life that is still around that used to bully you as a child that now you have a good relationship with? Are you counting people who weren't technically my friends when I was a kid? Um, sure. Because, like, my friends were jerks when I was a kid. And it wasn't, okay. it wasn't so much physical bullying, but, um, but, like... The sort of thing where they will make fun of you for liking something because they yeah. don't like it or they think it's stupid. I grew up with a lot of that. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I guess I will say this. Uh, Jeff, you know Jeff, friend of the friend of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, has been on a couple times. Uh, he and I went through rough patches as friends. Yeah. Uh, where, where, you know, he... I wasn't necessarily uh, always the the best person uh, to to hang out with. You know, I was kind of uh, a mess sometimes. Yeah, and he uh, he still played with me and stuff like that. But he had some some uh, harsh criticisms of me for for a while, and he apologized to me for it recently. Were they? But were they looking back? Were they warranted criticism? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot. There was a lot of. I mean, like, uh, as an example, um, 
hygiene things, stuff that I should have been doing that I wasn't doing, that kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, picking my nose in public or, like, grabbing, like, I remember this specifically. I was in grade school. I was sitting at my desk and I was grabbing my stomach and just moving it around. <laughs> and this was, like, in fifth grade, I think. And he was like, will you quit it? We'll just quit it. What are you doing? He's looking out. I was like, I'm just, I'm just playing with my stomach. You know, that kind of thing. Um, no, I, had a, I had a buddy who um, who uh, wasn't always nice to me. Uh, yeah. And I, I put up with it because for whatever reason, I want like I wanted his respect. You know, I wanted him to like yeah. me. And we were like legit friends. We hung out, you know, I and all through like high school, all through college and but when in but in college though I started to realize you know I don't have to put up with this anymore and yeah. we I, we didn't really have a falling out we just sort of like drifted apart as people do because I'm like I don't it's not healthy for me to be around that guy but like today you know we're pretty tight I mean I, I have no hard feelings against him um we talk every once in a while we haven't hung out in a while but like he lives in a different city now um but, like, as for traditional bullies, there was only one uh, in high school where it's like, you know, a kid in my in my school who was, like, would, would you know, do that traditional bully thing where in swim class he would dunk every all the weak yeah. kids, myself included. Uh, don't know what happened to him. Don't care. I can't even remember his name. But it was a thing that happened. Like, okay, so so take all that, right? And I think that's that's the real reason why I I find the relationship that my parents have with this sibling of mine uh, difficult to deal with. Because as, as, a, she's, as a kid, she, is she I was being them? bullied by this person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and and what one of the things is you know that allows bullying to happen is that the authority figure in the in the mix doesn't do anything right and once a bully finds out that they're not going to get in trouble then they've got you they you know they they basically can do whatever they want and and you're you're set so but the thing is and this goes this goes back to you talking about when you're in college i'm an adult now then i don't have to do any of this stuff and yet as evidenced by this podcast, I think about it all the time. <laughs> and Boy, they are living rent-free in your head, aren't they? Exactly. Uh, it's the worst. Speaking about living rent-free... Uh, hey, buddy! We're, no, not yet. <laughs> I think they're back, though. I, I can hear them. Uh, the, the, the big plan that I have right now is after Betty graduates... You know, goes to college or whatever, that mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer and I will, uh, instead of purchasing a home, and I think I've talked about this before, uh, all the land in the United States is stolen, so right. how can you really buy anything? Uh, but we could get a vehicle. Uh, and in five years, I'm thinking that there's going to be uh, some sort of an RV that's like electrical and nice or whatever. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I I was, I mean, I, I I was thinking about that whole um, 
living on stolen land, I'm working with a lot of groups um, that have connections to indigenous populations here yeah. in the Northwest. And I mean, there's nothing I can do, right? Like I pay rent. I don't, I do not control what happens to the money that I pay to my landlord. Right. Um, however, if like one way that I would like alleviate myself of that is it, I mean, there's, there, there are organizations, there's one in here, here in the Northwest called real rent Duwamish, where you, you, you pay them, you know, you basically pay rent to live on this land. Um, and if you like, I think if you owned property, yeah, then you can do that and you can be like, all right, this is how much I'm paying to, to, you know, I, that is, I, that is the great. city, the city, the, the, the city or the state or who, the county, whoever owned this property I bought it from, you know, I bought, I bought it from them, but I'm renting this land from the Duwamish. That's really, that, that is the best um version of this that I've seen so far I think that's really interesting yeah I like and it if I if I had the means I would do that but like I you know I can't, well, you know, I, one I can't thing, at the moment one thing that might be nice uh, I don't know if you've if you've seen or heard about this before but uh there's a there's a little piece of paper that you can put up like an annex let's say that would be where I would suggest doing it uh, saying that uh, Annex Theater recognizes that this is that Annex Theater is on land that is uh, historically uh, caretaked by I don't know exactly the wording, but you find out what tribe normally uh, occupied the land that your your buildings on, and you and you just have a little plaque or a little you know yeah. framed piece of paper that says that you acknowledge that this is land that was normally under the care of this yeah. group of people. It's, around here, it's a Coast Salish and Duwamish. Um, a lot of theaters, a lot of arts organizations are doing a land acknowledgement before performances. Yeah, yeah, that's performances. it. Land acknowledgement. That's what I was um, trying to think of. But I've, uh, I don't know how to feel about that yet because I have heard so many different perspectives on this from indigenous people about well, that's, white yeah. people talking about a land acknowledgement before a play starring all white people. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that. I mean, one of the things that that's really uh, the first time that I thought about this uh, really uh, from Henry Rollins has a thing called get in the ba get in the van letter <laughs> or um journal entries and stuff like that when he was touring with black flag and he reads it as an audiobook. i had it a long time ago i don't know what happened to it yeah but he talks about how he was uh on a reservation and his band was playing and one of the kids said you know uh i should be up there playing yeah and when i was listening to the audiobook, i was like yeah hey wait a second how come why and this dovetails really greatly into uh really greatly Yeesh. into <laughs> right. uh the latest thing that i saw which is that uh i think it's brie newsome is that her name i believe so that is a person's name yeah uh didn't like blade runner uh how dare they and was like why is blade runner a thing and one of the things that, that she talked about, I'm going to get this wrong a little bit, but one of the things she talked about was how... Um, <laughs> There's no black the people book, in it? 
Well, well, there is that. I mean, yes, but the the book written by Philip K. Dick, yeah. uh, an educated white man, uh, the book's only for really other educated white men. Educated, and there but very really... disturbed. Philip K. Dick had a lot of problems. This is the thing I was thinking about. Uh, one, neurotypical, sure. But then number two, have you ever read Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? I have not. The similarities between Blade Runner and Do Androids Le- Dream of Electric Sheep, uh, similar to uh, the, the differences between The Shining and the book and the movie. It's got the same name. There are some of the same themes, but they're two vastly different right. properties. Um, One might say so, Ridley Scott took some artistic license with the story. Yeah. Like, just as an example, um, the Roy Beatty, right? Or Batty. Uh, Rutger Hauer. Roy Batty. Sort of Batty? Okay, Batty. it's in the... In the um, in the book, it's B A T Y, and in the movie, it's B A T T Y. I think that might be why I got that wrong. Uh, but anyway, he's in the in the book. He's not this uh, you know Aryan-looking Superman kind of guy. He's right. a totally different uh, like relationship, and and he's. I believe he, he's Asian, I want to say. But it doesn't matter, because they're all, they're all androids. Right? But the basic concept uh, is still the same between the two. And when I say the basic concept, I mean, there are people that are made for other people to own. That is, in both books, not disputed. And so if you want to critique Blade Runner by saying that, you know, there's white supremacy and and colonialism and all that in the in the mix for sure, yes, I would agree with that. In the same way though, um the critique of the movie based on who the author of the book is, I think is uh a little off base simply because um, what what made it into the film from that book uh, still like I said you know basic premises yes an issue but lots of the things that she was bringing up that's a, a studio film made in the 1980s issue yeah. not a book written in the late 60s issue but wait I'm, let's back up a bit is her main her, her complaint? or sorry, her critique is that it, uh, Hollywood whitewashed the characters. No, no, not at all. Um, her critique was basically that Philip K. Dick, uh, didn't suffer in his life and doesn't know what it means to choose who lives and who dies. I guess, or doesn't know the uh, the value of that. I, it was a it was okay. a it was a series of tweets that I 
unfortunately didn't read as closely as I should have to bring it up because the main thing was that it was a lot about Philip K. Dick and how she doesn't get why this movie was liked by so many people. Well, I'm not going to tell someone they have to like something that I enjoy. Yeah, Um, well, but this... this, Yeah, there's that... Well, there's there's that thing where uh, uh, this the critique of with authors and in some instances is very valid where you don't want like a white person writing from the perspective of a person of color. Right. Because that person, the author, does not have that life experience. They can't, uh, you know, you want people of color to write people of color stories. I mean, there's 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 both sides of this but you know from overwhelming uh input that i've heard is that you know it's like there was there was there was a book uh uh white fragility written by a white person and yes. so like it, that that's problematic well i so and you, i would you want I mean, authors you know to, this is you, yeah Sorry, but you want you want authors to write from you know uh or a critique is that authors need to write from their own experience, tell their own stories. But how do you do that if you're talking about a sci-fi dystopia? Right, and and I would, I, yeah, I would definitely agree with you. There's a, there's a, it's similar with acting, right? The idea is this: the first, the first stage is you have white people playing non-white people, and that's bad, right? Yeah, and so you, you, For sure. you, you level up from that, and you have people of color playing roles for people of color but they're written by white people so that is also still bad right and then you have roles written by people of color for people of color in people of color movies right so like it's an all black cast in a black movie written by a a black person and then you finally get to, I think, what what the goal would be, which is that you have a role written in a movie for just Doctor, right? And yeah. the role of Doctor can be played by a black woman or a black man, Asian woman, you know, that sort of thing where... where White is no longer the default, basically. Yeah. (laughs) And you write stories uh, to write stories and you cast people who are the better actors, not necessarily the ones who match your headcanon. If you've just tuned in, this is another edition of Paul and Ben Solve Racism. Yeah, we did it once again. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Uh, It was hard, but finally, two white men have come up with the <laughs> key to solving racism. I apologize to everyone. That it took um, so long. <laughs> yeah, right. Th- that's the other thing is uh, I-, I remind uh, the panel of my idea for white people moratorium, which is just for one year, white people don't make any art whatsoever yeah uh 
because it could have it, it's based on the it's based on the whole uh i think it was negative land who talked about this um coke or pepsi could just suspend all advertising for a year and yeah you know they'd still coke and pepsi would still be around and in fact and, they would have millions of more dollars in the bank and probably no uh no lack of sales yeah so so the idea is this and of course you know freedom of speech all that kind of stuff i don't i don't say that this should be enforced by a government or whatever but if all white people just took a year off uh there's no shortage of talented people of color who would you know step in to write comic books and draw comic books and make films and make music and all that kind of stuff well you know paul this is this is an exercise that you can actually do you can just elect not to consume any entertainment or media um created by white people and just seek out um buy poc stories for an entire year i'm sure there's plenty of content out there to fill your time oh yeah, oh, yeah but i'm not gonna do that because i'm a jerk <laughs> And there's a new thing coming out that I want to see that's full of white people. Yeah, it's... (laughs) But, no, I... I, And this is one of those cases of the guy who comes to mow your lawn and says, you have to pay me when I'm done because if you pay me up front, I'm not going to do it. That kind of thing. People need to be forced... Forced to consume things like this. Well, that's not exactly true. Um, I... I enjoy things made by non-white people. I like to watch movies by non-white people. Uh, I am thrilled that Ghost of Tsushima, which I'm playing right now, uh, for the English uh, main characters and and most of the background characters as well, uh, used Japanese voice actors. Uh, that is not something that would have happened even maybe five years ago, I think. Probably. That's great. Um, that but, happened, not that it is yeah, such a new thing. It's but. great It's great that it wouldn't <laughs> have happened five years ago. I love that. Yeah. Can we go back five years? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Five years. Oh, my gosh, Ben, five years ago. I didn't even think about this. You were you you had already gone to uh, to to St. Louis area. I haven't gone to the doctor since the since last presidential the election. Oh. Is that why? Am I afraid? <laughs> Am I trying just to cut out early through neglect? It's possible. Probably Maybe not it's, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I reached this. I reached this realization that, um, as a, and I'm sure that you already know this. Hey, it's another Paul and Ben solve everything. As a white liberal, right? Uh, maybe even a leftist. Maybe, as far as voting goes, um, I, I benefit from our current status quo. Right. As a cis white dude granted i'm a weirdo but in a lot of ways that that doesn't show up on paper i've got i've got a lot going for me 
uh, in the current system. But I see that this is not fair, and so I vote for people who are planning to change the way that the game is played. And that However, is, yeah. What's that? I was just going to say uh, that I feel is the um, the defining difference between the two major parties. One uh, party's policies are uh, basically uh, if you are a rich white person, keep things the same. Things are great. Uh, uh, policies benefit you right now. If uh, the other the other party was like these policies might hurt and can be hard, but your grandchildren and your great grandchildren will have a world to live in. Yes, and the but here's the issue though. Uh, so I vote, you know, pretty far left, right? And mm-hmm. then in the primaries, uh, my candidates lose. So then it goes more centrist, and I'm right. like, well, gosh. Uh, Again, upholding the status quo, I'm going to vote for, you know, the, as far left as I can, but I guess I have to vote for this. And then one or two things happen. Either they lose, right? And if the centrists lose, then the policies that benefit me are just, you know, more uh, ironclad and, like, ridiculously enforced. Or the centrists win... And they're secretly enforced. Uh, I in this situation, I don't really lose a lot, personally. And I'm starting to think, it's it's like how um, when you're a kid and you're playing sports with adults, and you're doing really really great, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, wait a second, these guys are making me win. Right, that sort of thing. Even though I'm voting against my and against my interests in quotes, right? Against my yeah. interests because it really, the you know, rising tide lifts all boats, that sort of thing. Uh, America, if we want America to do well, we want an America where not one specific segment of the population is, you know, benefiting. You want everyone to benefit, and then it all goes well. But the thing is that the way it's set up, even when I lose, I'm still fine. No skin in the game as far as that goes. And what I realized was, and this is why I'm bringing it around to what you were talking about, I could do the same thing with the, hey, only watch things by people of color. I could donate all of my paycheck to some charity or whatever. Yeah. I could, uh, again, goes back to the idea, uh, this is all connected, um, you don't want to become a charity case yourself, but that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, support more things. It's when I realized, it's when it dawned on me that I only go so far, and the extent to which I'm going, I mean, nominatively, nominally? Nominally, how do I say that, Ben? Nominally. Nominal. I'm in in a in a superficial fashion. I am doing my best, uh, but I'm really only doing it through voting. I do right. not donate to political parties. You do not I phone did. bank. 
at one time, but I don't. Yeah. Say again? No, I don't phone bank. Yeah. And especially, here's the thing. Uh, and this is what it comes down to, right? I don't, and this is, uh, I, it's so hard for me to say, but I think it's true. Um, I don't pick the far left candidate so that I don't have to help the centrist candidate. That is not the reason why I do that, but it does seem to be the net effect. You know what I mean? Mm. They pick someone with whom I have problems. Well, yeah. then I'm not going to phone bank for that guy. Right. And because I'm not phone banking for that guy, I am not helping that guy. And so, the, now, the argument well, yeah, is that... It, if they did pick the one that you, the far left candidate you did want in the primaries, would you would you phone bank? Uh... Like, I don't I know think... who you want. Let, let's pretend you were uh, Team Warren, right? You voted for Elizabeth Warren in the primaries. If sure, she let's was, say. If she was selected... This is a hypothetical. Let's, let's if, say that yeah. that's... If she was selected uh, as the uh, presumptive nominee, would you phone bank for her? I do not think I would. Yeah. I think that's just the kind of guy I am. I'm a lazy guy uh, (laughs) with not a lot of money. Um, I would probably just go to work, do my stuff, and I would vote, and that would basically be it. Yep. Well, that's more than a lot of people do. Yeah. Well, wait, you mean like they don't vote? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's literally the least I can do, so I do that. But we just uh, had a we just had a primary here in King County and or in Washington State and the last number I saw was that twenty seven percent of the county's registered voters twenty seven percent of the vo- county's registered voters voted. Wow. 20%. Even though we make it super easy to vote. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, by the way, uh we're voting for mail. From we're voting for mail. Let's do it. <laughs> Yay, mail. Uh, we're, we're voting uh, by platform. mail here. Uh, yeah. And somebody was like, uh, "Voting by mail is unsafe," and I'll prove it to you. Did you see this guy? No, uh, I've seen a lot of that though. I mean, send me a thousand dollars cash in an envelope written. <laughs> this envelope contains a thousand dollars cash. When I get it, I'll mail it back to you. And I'm like, how does that prove anything? <laughs> You're just oh, being no. a jerk, right? You're I like, mailed it back to you. Did you not get it? Oh, gosh. Uh, mail must not be safe. By the way, and look I at my new like, $1,000 toy. I was like, great. Okay, I'll prove that in-person voting doesn't work by putting a cardboard box that says free money in the middle of my local senior center. And then you go and put money in there. And then it'll still be there. But how does it? It doesn't make any sense. None the guy. Is a jerk. Daddy, are you coming? Oh yeah, she's coming. We're we're over time, Ben. We're over Whose time. Whose fault is that? It's my fault. I talk too much on the podcast that we have. Hey, speaking about which, uh, what what episode are we on? This is episode number two hundred thirty-three. Can you imagine, Ben? Someone Probably. listening to 233 hours of us talking, someone who isn't us? Oh, God. No, not at all. Well, I mean, there is one person or two people I know who's done most of that. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about a, a stranger doing it all in one sitting. <laughs> what must happen to them? 233 plus hey! hours. Okay, I'm putting the headphones on Betty. Oh, God. Betty, we don't have a lot of time, but we wanted to make sure that we had our Talking to Betty segment. Hi. Hey. Hey, how uh, was band Wow, camp? you look uh, uh, very tired. That's because I am very tired. How was your rehearsal today? All right. What is that food around your mouth? Uh, sandwich. What kind of sandwich? Peanut butter and Nutella. Oh, yeah. Good, good, good. All right. Uh, well, thanks, Betty. That's it. We'll okay, talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, anything you want to say <laughs> to the people? Um, She's thinking. Uh, she snapped her fingers. This feels like a picnic. <laughs> and she said, this feels like a picnic. And what does Betty, that mean? Betty, was that a JoJo reference? I'll never tell. <laughs> okay. All right, Ben. I think that's it. Paul, I think that On is that as, as well. Uh, say again? I think that is as well. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. We're in agreement then. Hello, yes. <laughs> For once. <laughs> Write it on the calendar. Hey, right. well, thanks, man. And, uh, oh, gosh, five minutes over. I think that's fine, though. Um, maybe uh, don't make it six, Paul. Okay, great. Uh, I will talk to you later, Ben. And, hey, uh, keep it wrong. Yeah, and you take those five minutes, and you keep it wrong, too. Thanks, Ben. I'll talk to All you right. later. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.